0: It's June 20th, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e commerce digest. I'm back. Did you miss me? Today on our show, the great resignation moves to Amazon as consumer CEO Dave Clark departs. Instant delivery firm Joker announces it's leaving the US market. The real, real founder is out as we hold our breath for the next secondhand shoe to drop. And Amazon announces Prime Day on July 12th and 13th to help America get rid of excess inventory. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Great Resignation moves to Amazon as Amazon consumer CEO Dave Clark departs. In January 2021, former CEO Jeff Wilkie departed Amazon. Now, in June 2022, Dave Clark departs Amazon. Ostensibly, the CEO of Worldwide Consumer and one of the Earth's largest online retailers seems like a highly desirable role. Why does no one seem to want it? In short, the last few years have been tremendously difficult, particularly for executives that have been at companies for 20 years. Consider it Amazon's own mini-great-resignation. If you spent the last 10 plus years building one of the best logistics operations on the planet and double those operations in the past 18 months, entering into a slowing period, the next few years ahead of you don't seem so interesting all of a sudden. In other words, having built such an empire, the next few years starts to look a lot more like shuffling deck chairs around and optimizing costs. This is a much more financially oriented job than a builder's job, which allows me to speculate about the successor to Dave Clark. What will the shape of Amazon's next leader look like? Andy Jassy is in many ways the most Jeff like of the remaining Amazon execs and chosen as overall CEO of Amazon. His first major job was to appoint his successor at AWS, where he poached a former Amazon executive from Salesforce. Will we see an e commerce and consumer visionary in this follow up role or more of a financially oriented operator? Ultimately, most of the assets and formulas are in place, they just need optimization, but not optimization in the spreadsheet point of view. I predict one of two options. First, an AI and data-oriented leader being chosen to lead Amazon's consumer business. You can't manage and optimize the business Amazon side using spreadsheets. It's optimized using algorithms. Another path forward is the job is split into a few different parts. One for the US consumer, one for the international consumer, and one for logistics. The company already has leaders for all these areas, and it seems like Andy Jassy might want to manage this whole thing himself anyway. Our second story. The Real Real founder is out as we hold our breath for the next secondhand shoe to drop. Designer resale site The Real Real shocked the market last week when the longtime founder and CEO Julie Wainwright stepped down as a CEO as well as from the board. Here's a summary of the company The Real Real was founded in 2011. They went public in 2019. 2021 revenue increased 56% last year over year to $468 million. Of course, 2021 net losses also grew 34% year-over-year to $236 million. The board has recently appointed COO and the CFO to shepherd the company as the co-interim CEOs while the search is done. Now, the company did not announce why this is happening necessarily, which leaves us a little bit of detective work to guess what's going on here. It's not clear the company had any kind of clear succession plan in place as there was no mention of it from the company. Sometimes in surprise resignations, another shoe is waiting to drop. A clear example of this is what happened when Devin Wenig departed eBay over the scandals that happened under his watch. It doesn't seem like this is the case here. I started my investigation by looking at the profiles of the two people who are interim CEOs. The current president has been chief merchant since 2011 and president since March 2021. Doesn't it seem odd to anyone that this person wouldn't just be named the full interim CEO? So let's try to determine why this is. When you look at the current CFO, Robert Julian's background, you see that the first red flags that this person joined the company only nine months ago. Then you look at the last four stops from Mr. Julian, he's been nowhere for more than three years at a time. And if you look at the last couple of stops, he was a CFO when Sportsman's Warehouse attempted to sell itself to Bass Pro Shops in 2021. Although this acquisition was later canceled by the FTC, which led to Julian's departure and later joining the Real Real. He was also the CFO of Calway Golf when they acquired Ogio in 2018. On the other side of the coin, let's look at the facts from the real real. The stock has been in the tank, but so have a lot of stocks. The thing that stands out to me the most is that the company has issued about $143 million in debt notes in 2020 and $244 million in notes for 2021. While the company says it has enough cash to last through the end of 2022, I really expect they have no more than 18 months of cash, probably much less. For any public company board of directors, this is a huge issue. As a result, my feeling is that this is a virtually unanimous decision from the board. The big question is, did Julie Wainwright want to stay or not? But the fact that she is no longer on the board at all hints at the fact that there was a major disagreement over the company's direction. Now you have this new CFO who is experienced at putting together deals and financial analytics, and the company needs to reduce its losses as it can't continue to issue new notes in this rising interest rate environment. Expect major restructuring and layoffs leading through the CEO search. In fact, you might even expect the CEO search never to complete and the company instead to be sold to new owners. Our third story. Instant delivery firm Joker announced that it's leaving the U.S. market. A few years back, Joker said it was unit profitable in all of its major markets, including the U.S. So why then are they leaving the U.S. market? Well, Warren Buffett is famous for saying that EBITDA is a terrible metric to live by when looking at investing in business. He calls it BS earnings. Why is that? The short answer is it doesn't consider the cost of capital, things like major infrastructure investments. So just because a company pushes a lot of OPEX into CAPEX doesn't mean it's any more profitable in the long term because that probably razor thin, almost non-existent unit profitability then needs to subsidize those capital investments in the long term. If the payback period is too long, then that unit profitability is not worth much to anyone. All it means is you now have a different kind of unprofitable business. I think a lot more businesses will find that they're in this situation in the future with people, buildings, etc. Amazon is there too. And look, they're reportedly delaying construction projects and subleasing some of them, depending on what phase of those projects the construction is in. Just a simple note, as the cost of capital goes up, really pay attention to the overall business, not just what the business looks like above the contribution margin line. And our last story. Amazon announces Prime Day on July 12th and 13th to help America get rid of excess inventory. Last week, Amazon announced its Prime Day will be on Tuesday, July 12th and Wednesday, July 13th this year. Remember when Amazon Prime Day was new and exciting? That was a long time ago. Now in popular culture, it seems like a way for everyone to stock up on new electronics cables and Amazon branded products. In reality though, this is a big day for the third party seller community too. What am I watching for in this Prime Day? A few things. One is how heavy the discounts are. This will give you some idea how much extra inventory Amazon has. Two, how much influence or involvement will there be in Prime Day? Amazon announcement made a note about live streaming being an even bigger deal this year than previous years. While their traction has been limited so far, I truly believe Amazon is playing the long game in live streaming e-commerce and traditional players in the online shopping market should be terrified that Amazon is coming for them long-term. Three, how much promotional activity are they giving third-party sellers and what impact will that have on their business this year? I learned from Amazon announcement that Amazon is introducing a new small business badge this year. While this isn't going to have a big impact on Amazon's business overall, it will influence some shopper behavior at the margins and serve as good PR story for Amazon with the federal government. Fourth, what does Prime Day internationally say about their progress in those markets? That's something I'll be watching closely. And while Prime Day is not really new news anymore, you can tell from these questions, Amazon has a lot to improve on and show as we go forward here. It's that time, friend, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, cereal brand Magic Spoon closes $85 million Series B round led by High Post Capital. That's a lot of cereal, folks. This is on the heels of its launch into Target stores nationwide. The basic idea is simple. All the bowls of sugar we grew up on recreated in keto-friendly formulas. Sign me up. Second, B2B e-commerce medical supplies marketplace button just received $20 million from Tiger Global. One of the biggest under-the-radar stories in e-commerce right now, in my opinion, is their growing share of e-commerce revenue in the traditional product categories that until now have been almost exclusively the domain of business-to-business purchases. Medical supplies is just one of thousands of categories in this bucket. Third, jeweler Blue Nile set to return to public markets via SPAC deal. This will be Blue Nile's second turn in the public markets, Interesting decision to return there now, and we'll see how it fares. Fourth, private equity firm Apollo to acquire Hispanic retail chain Cardenas Markets. The chain operates 59 stores and markets across the West and Southwest, and it will be interesting to see if this develops a serious online component as well. And finally, software vendor PostScript takes in $65 million so merchants can send more personalized texts to consumers. SMS is one of those newer marketing channels for brands that has not yet been completely overrun by spam like email has, but that day is coming soon. Given that internationally, SMS is not a very used channel internationally. Well, that honor really goes to WhatsApp. It will be interesting to see how they pivot into other marketing channels going forward. That's all for this week. Till next time Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson. CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Garrett Tiedemann is the producer. Alex Brower wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.